Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Back again. Yeah, we're doing like a slew of episodes together. I'm excited. Yeah, we got three episodes today because I am going to be on my honeymoon, so I'm not here to press the buttons. So you (laughs) and Quinn are not doing one next week. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I got to take it off my calendar next week. It's awesome. There you go. Uh, So thanks for taking a honeymoon so I can have a week off of the podcast. Hey, of course. So Daniel, I'm getting married next this week, basically. What is your, if you had one piece of advice, you've been married for quite a while. What is your advice? How long have you been married? Like 14 years. 14 no, years. Longer than that. Uh-oh. Yeah. 2006. 2006. Oh, gosh. My math. Be 16 years. 16 years. I was going to say, because we had our 15th years. year anniversary. So. And what would be your piece of advice? Sometimes love is hard, but you can't just run away from it. When you start to have something special, you have to work at it. Even though it might seem like the world is against you, you still have to hold on with both hands. Uh, what would be my advice? Let's see. Well, you guys don't have kids yet, so no kids. We're no. in that sort Not of for like, a while. We're in that situation of like having kids and having to like fight to find time for each other. So I would say, since you don't have kids yet, and it's not immediately on the horizon, from what I understand. I mean, no, no, things change, but. Uh, just enjoy the adventure of life together and everything it throws at you from the highs and lows okay. over the next couple of years. Like develop your team because someday your team's going to expand and that's a whole nother chapter. So basically have fun until you have kids. <laughs> have fun, but also like not all of it will be fun. So make fun out of the stuff that's not, fun. not make fun of the things that aren't fun, but yeah. like, there's fun in the vacations and adventures and everything that you do, but you can also make fun in just the silliness of doing life together, like making crappy cheap dinner together and, Aww. you know, just doing the random stuff. I don't know. I like it. Okay. That's good just, advice. That's good advice. Yeah. Not everything has to be like social media worthy. No, I'm not a social media guy. We're I not. really, I We're really don't terrible do at it. on social media. Yeah. Not good. But okay. Good. I like that. All right. Well, let's that. We'll just dive right in now. Now that we have some pieces of wisdom from Daniel, let's dive right into Alex's yeah, question. I don't know today. how wise it was, but let's go to the question. <laughs> DIY. Hey guys, my name is Alex, and I'm from the Metro Atlanta area. I greatly appreciate the personal finance insight and knowledge the podcast provides. I believe most of your audience is around my age, which is late twenties. However, my question today is geared towards my parents and trying to best advise them. My dad is concerned with medical expenses and long-term care during retirement. He still has roughly 10 years until retirement, and there are insurance vampires preying on his fear to try and purchase some type of hybrid life insurance with a death benefit. I know you can't provide specific advice, but was wondering what advice you would provide on, on how someone can cover medical expenses during retirement who cannot currently afford to do an HSA and are fearful of market volatility in retirement. He has a decent portfolio allocation between stocks and bonds, but this recent market downturn has him concerned. I've tried to explain downturns will happen in the future like they have in the past and are cyclical. With not much success, I need help explaining how leaving his money in the market would be better than paying the high premiums for a life insurance product that would allow him to, air quotes, invest within it. 
He likes the security being preached to him regarding medical expenses and long-term care with the ability to, again, air quote, invest within the insurance product. Thank you guys for your time and answering this question. All right. I'm going to start off with kind of the caveat uh, disclosure for, for Alex that we don't know what insurance product that his parents are looking at. We don't know what specifically they're looking at, and we don't know what is like the, you know, different abilities of that insurance policy or things like that. So we're not going to just focus super deeply on get this type of insurance versus get that type of insurance, blah, blah, blah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, our goal is always in these episodes, obviously we can't provide specific financial advice because we're not your advisor or planner, but what we hope to and always try to achieve throughout all that we do here uh, is provide you education and a thought framework for how to think through some of these angles. Uh, so it, the goal with DIY money is always to equip you with the tools on how to think about your money and how to DIY some of it yourself. So, uh, we believe fundamentally that if we can give you sort of some of the, the wisdom and thought process as, as far as how to navigate these chapters of your life, uh, then that you'll be well equipped at least with a few extra quivers in your, you know, arrows in your quivers. I don't know good enough <laughs> you'll have swords at your side yeah to battle whatever life throws at you so that's kind of the goal of uh, all of our episodes but obviously today's episode because this is a pretty complex scenario and we actually i mean all, all the info we have is is what uh listeners just heard so it's not like we have a you know all of the details of the financial situation so i think as a planner i, I would look at a situation like this and one of the things I would do, um, assuming I was planning for the individuals uh, who are, you know, at or in retirement and struggling with the healthcare stuff. Let's start there, too. Mm -hmm. I, I think, Alex, for your parents in this situation, I think they need a financial plan. I think they need someone to come alongside them. And, and I know DIY money, you would do it yourself and everything. But at this point, when they're at this point and they're looking at different options for retirement, they're in a pretty far advanced stage, getting close to that time. I think you need a financial plan. You need someone that is um, you know, a fiduciary that has your best interest at heart. It's not trying to sell you something that can look at the whole picture to help you understand what what is best, but keep going. Yeah, that's very important because once you start adding those layers of emotion, those are kind of the key words for um, when a planner or objectivity, some type of advisor might be helpful. When you start to layer emotion over the decision-making process that you have, so, uh, and fear and, and just all that other stuff, those are indicators of, hey, maybe somebody should help me with these decisions or maybe I I should have somebody to bounce it off of. So yeah, a lot of times we say, hey, that's a great job for a planner. But that's, as far as framework of thinking, that's how I would think of when is it time to get a planner when you or somebody around you starts to have those sort of extra layers to your financial decision-making where you can't do it as objectively mm -hmm. yourself. Uh, so... Yeah, if you're just starting out in your career and it's in your first job and you're just dollar cost averaging into a 401k and there's zero emotion and you don't have really any long-term defined goals, uh, stuff like that, maybe not. You're approaching or in retirement, you have healthcare concerns, you're watching the markets go up and down and you have a lot of fear about what's going on uh, and you're trying to navigate conflicting goals such as you know maximizing your retirement funds, 
protecting from downturns, worrying about healthcare, things like that, that's when maybe objectivity and some counsel could help. One of the things I would probably really look at is, you know, as a planner, I look at a situation like that and I go, if I was working with an individual like that in our office, trying to compartmentalize or or create some type of bucket system of thought, whether that was literally with assets um, or how we think about assets or bucketing some goals, like we want, we want to have healthcare goals, we want to have retirement goals, but really trying to untangle the mess that is life and go, okay, what is it that we're really focused on? What are the primary concerns? What are the secondary concerns? What are the uh, the biggest risks to all of those. Um, I would I would start there to figure out you know what's the big thing is is the big thing is the biggest concern running out of money is the biggest concern a significant health issue or diagnosis that maybe the family's had uh, something of that nature and then trying to plan for the biggest things first and then planning for the secondary thing. So when you do that, uh, I think it allows you to say, for instance, okay, well the retirement piece is the piece that we need to focus on primary, you know, we need to make sure there's income for retirement that, uh, the funds last throughout that time. So let's set aside this chunk here. And then maybe if there's secondary concerns like health and long-term care and stuff like that, maybe we can insure against that. Maybe there is a product that makes sense. Maybe we just have to self-insure and utilize our assets. Uh, maybe we can communicate with family members and, and things like that and talk about uh, ways to plan for the future of that and, and how maybe they can help if, if there's a need. But uh, I would get creative on the secondary things, but prioritize the first things yeah. first. Yeah, and I we are obviously in the investment markets, and we can't speak specifically to what that product is or what the insurance is that they have. It could be the best option for them, but how would you recommend approaching the investment side if they if they were scared and worried about investments in retirement, which a lot of people obviously are. They've worked for 40 years of their life, and now all of a sudden you turn a switch on, and now you're taking out money instead of saving money. How do you recommend kind of approaching that, and, and what advice would you give? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very difficult. I think the the downside to our nation really shifting from a, a pension-based system, you know, where you sort of got a defined payout, a defined benefit plan, uh, to a defined now contribution plan where you contribute, and then you get to pull out the fruits of that is it's really all on you. Uh, and that's pretty frightening once you get into those later stages of life. One, it's all on what you save, but now it's all on how the market performs and, and how you manage through all of that. I think you know past performance is never indicative of future results, but I think you have to look at a little bit of history, right? So you have to look at what has transpired in the future and, and what are some things we can count on. So we've We've been through a lot in the last hundred years. Uh, we've been through wars. We've been through epidemics and pandemics. We've been through all kinds of political ups and downs, um, various different economical crises. And yet over time, um, was it uh, Siegel who says it? Yep. Stocks for the long run. You know, stock, great American corporations have prevailed through all of that yeah. um, in, in all of those different environments. Um, the U.S. government, uh, whose bonds you can buy on the fixed income side, has prevailed through all of that. Now, will all of that continue in the future? We don't know. But we have to look at that and go, wow, it, it, like the economy has had a lot thrown at it over the last hundred years, as, and it's prevailed. So you start with that. You know, We're part of a great uh, U.S. and potentially even global economy. And then you add pieces of it to the level of risk that you're willing to take. And so 
you have to be informed and, and educated and understand when you're adding uh, stocks and equity side of it. This is a potential return, but this is the potential risk um, that's going to be associated with that. And that risk may be represented in something like a volatility or a standard deviation or something like that. But you need to be educated and understand that. So if you have 70% of your portfolio in stocks, this is what it means from an up and down basis, potentially on a year-to-year kind of basis. If you have a 50%, this is what it means. On the bond side, you kind of kind of do the same thing. Uh, look at some some of the history understand the ramifications of adding that to your portfolio. And then anything else, uh, if you're adding gold or Bitcoin or real estate or whatever it is, you, you can add in the potential returns and the potential volatility or up and down risk that is associated with that. And then you have to really organize all of that in a way that you can sleep at night uh, and ensure that you have enough cash on the sidelines for some of the ups and downs and things like that. So I think it's it's really understanding not just the upside potential, but the downside risk and being really willing to have your portfolio organized that way mm. and accept it when that down downside does come so that you're not selling out at the bottom every single time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're not sleeping at night right now when the markets have been crushed and have had a really bad, obviously it's been terrible. All of, all of us have, have felt what the pain of the market right now, but if you're not sleeping at night, well, then you're probably not in the allocation you're supposed to be in. And I think, I know I'm not trying to sell what we sell, but I'm. you need to have someone that can come alongside you that can evaluate your situation and, and look at these different avenues and different things. But when it comes to allocation, you got to be honest with yourself and say, yeah, I'd love to be 70-30, but I don't sleep well at night when I'm that aggressive or when I have more in stocks um, than I do in bonds. So you really need to dive deep on that. And you can do that with your planner. You can do that with your financial advisor and talk through some of those things with them to really figure out what allocation makes the most sense for you and what risk you're willing to tolerate in your portfolio. Yes. Anything else you want to add? Um, uh, you fellas have nothing to worry about. I'm a professional. Sometimes hard decisions do have to be made, though. Uh, sometimes you go through ups and downs in life, and you face adversity. Um, sometimes the sort of perfect retirement picture that you're going in with doesn't always work out. And so I think in those instances, you might have to lean on and, and have tough conversations with family, uh, whether you're the retiree, whether you're uh, the kids, things like that. Um, there are times when... You sort of have to be family together uh, and navigate some of those things. And, and really every family, as as <clears throat> family members are approaching or in retirement or going through health stuff, um, I hope uh, are willing to kind of have those open conversations about how are we going to, to navigate it? Because it's rarely just a um, individual decision. A, a lot of those things impact and affect uh, the whole family, uh, whether that's emotional, um, psychological, financial, et cetera. Um, there's kind of ripples there. And I think part of adulthood is, is being able to have some of those kind of tough conversations together as tough as there. Fantastic. Okay. Good advice, Daniel. All right. We're going to wrap it up there, y'all. Um, so Alex, really good question. Uh, I hope your parents enjoyed that answer. And, uh, the secret to success friends is really very simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.